Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? It's episode 17 of an orange and blue thing. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. That's Darren Meenan screwing around with something technical. I'm Brian Ernie. Thanks so much for hopping on board with us tonight on Facebook Live. And if you downloaded later on iTunes or SoundCloud, well, hello there. You are not with us live, but with us in spirit tonight, I'm sure. Uh, It's April 20th, and hey, the New York Mets are going for another series win after a tough weekend in Miami. It is Noah Syndergaard. That was more than tough. That was fucking brutal. Yeah. It's Noah Syndergaard on the mound for the Mets. We know that guy. Um, against the Phillies' Aaron Nola, who's off to a very nice start. We will take you right up to 7 o'clock when the SNY broadcast goes on the air, and we will hand you off to the very capable hands of Gary Cohen and Ron Darling. Tonight's special guest, well, somebody I'm very, very excited about, Taz, former ECW champion, former WWE superstar. He'll be hanging out with us tonight in about 15 minutes, so Taz is going to hang out with us, talk Mets baseball, talk wrestling. It is going to be a hell of a good time, but first... Dude, I need to cheers this beer. Yes. I had a rough night last night. My you did. stomach is freaking growling. I think the beer might help me, but it can't hurt. It's gonna settle it down a little bit. <laughs> I hope so, man. Yeah, I was at the game last night. Thankfully, broke the uh, losing streak, which is always nice. It got a little rocky there. Um, Bruce, man of the hour, dude. Two home were, runs. You were down on him too. I, I wasn't really technically down on him, but if you rewind from a few episodes ago, I did just say if he wasn't down on being a New Yorker or being a Met, then, you know, go screw yourself. But, you know, he's still <laughs> fly a kite. He, he, go fly a kite. He stepped up big time so far this this season. I mean, it's a short sample size. And um, I think I think it was Gelbs or somebody posted earlier today that really his only brutal month was August. He, he picked it up in September. And if you look at his numbers from September to now, I think it's 28 games. He's, he's playing great. So, um, yeah, it was there. And I think it was his, his first curtain call. Uh, ever for the Mets was last night, so I was happy to see that. You know, obviously, after you hit two home runs, you have the only RBIs of for the team. You're going to get some reactions. There weren't a lot of Mets fans in the house, but everyone was cheering for him. He came out, gave him a little wave, so that was that was nice. It reminded me of the uh, the Beltron curtain call. Remember we talked about that a couple. Yeah, of yeah. Back? He had to be talked into it, but yeah. you know, someone said uh, today when he it, when when Bruce came out, maybe under his breath, he's like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that you know, I think Jay understands it's results uh, driven kind of business here, and. Uh, Listen, I mean, he's certainly stepped up. Obviously, he's notoriously streaky, so we'll see where it goes from here. But, I mean, listen, so far so good, right? Can't complain about what's going on with him right now. And, and obviously, they needed that win in the worst possible way because, as you mentioned, over the weekend in Miami was just... Bullpen's taxed, man. We talked about this last week with, with not having familiar around. Guys are pitching out of position. Not position, but out of order. You yeah. know, guys are asked to close that weren't technically going to be closers this year. But Familia's back. Last night was the 15th game, and now he's back tonight. So we'll see if uh, if he gets in the game. I'm sure he, he probably will. I'm I mean, sure they he need will. him, you know. Yep. So far, I think I saw a stat that... Um, uh, Blevins, Robles, and uh, Reed have like the most. I've seen the most batters so far yeah. out of the whole league. So the, the guys definitely are taxed already. And we talked. We talked about that. We knew that this was going to happen, but they got past the 15 games. They're only a game and a half out of first place. Still only a couple weeks into the season, but they're they're right there. You know, they're, yeah, they're above 500, which is always nice. Listen, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that the bullpen would be taxed. They they had what 11 straight games or whatever without an off day. So, I mean, it, it was bound to happen, but. At the same time, they're eight and seven. Uh, I think the team overall. I it's, somebody tweeted me. Uh, maybe I think Michael Donato uh, at Citar was uh, tweeting me today about their BABIP, um, and it's really low. It's like two forty. League average is usually around three hundred, and uh, and the Nationals is like three eighty. Because I mentioned that uh, Washington has like three hitters uh, over like yeah, three fifty or above, and then five regulars hitting over three hundred, and. Listen, that, that's not very sustainable for them. Right. And they haven't gotten off to a great start. I think they're 9-5, and five, game and a half up on us. Yeah, I mean, we thought that wasn't sustainable either for Murphy when he got off to the hot start and he ended up, he ended but up I mean, doing it. But yeah, like, for a whole team to do that, no, probably not. Yeah, but. somebody like Ryan Zimmerman isn't probably going to hit 380. So yeah. they're going to come back down to earth. So I think they're positioned well. I think they need to make a little bit of hay now. I think they need to win this series and then go do some damage against the Nationals. But... We'll see. We'll see what they Absolutely. can do. Absolutely. And um, last night, yeah. So t- you know, like I just said, I was there last night. But thanks to uh, SNY, uh, Kevin Sornatale, I think I'm saying his name right, Sornatale, Sornatale, invited me out, and I brought Indart with me. You were going to come, and you had some something for your real job. You couldn't make it. So yes. uh, I guess the way he worded it was a blogger 
something, some kind of blogger hangout at the SNY suite. So you can't say no to uh, a free baseball game, number one, but also free beers and free food. And, and we, were, we were bougie. You know, we were living it up. We're sitting underneath the heaters, and it's raining out, and we were, you know. It's not a bad night to do that. 20 feet off the, off the field. So thanks again to SNY for having us out. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But if you were following along, I know you said you missed it. I gave my phone. I didn't ask him about this. I just kind of did it. I turned Periscope on, hand my phone to Gelbs, and Gelbs, Wayne Randazzo, and um, Mark Craig kind of just held court for like 10 minutes talking about absolutely nothing. It was funny. It was, it was a cool time just to like kind of watch those guys in their element not talking baseball for 10 minutes. It was cool. So, uh, yeah, and also I got to give a shout-out. We did it on Periscope, but if you weren't watching Periscope before this, Greg Prince was there who just came out with a new book. Um, it's all about Piazza. So, Go pick that up. Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, and Star by Greg Prince. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, you know that he's an author of very uh, quite a number of books already about the Mets, and this is his newest one. You can pick it up on Amazon or pretty much anywhere books are sold. I think Barnes & Nobles or, or wherever, but I think a lot of people shop on Amazon. It's an easy easy spot to pick things up, so definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, Greg's a bit great Mets historian. So oh, of course, and, every and time I, I had like anything, any kind of like history question, I would hit him up first before asking Twitter because I know that he usually knows the answer. Uh, so yeah, anyway, last night they got back on the winning streak. That means another crown was added to the crown count, which we uh, saw the Mets are also doing now. Yes, uh, which is cool. I mean, it, it's, we're not inventing a crown count, but it, the the graphic looks well, eerily similar. But whatever, who cares? It's actually even in the same order of players, which is funny. But I, I guess because you went in chronological and then double back when anybody else gets a second crown. Yeah, so it makes sense. And and I'm glad to see that the Mets are watching our humble little program here. So uh, last Thursday, after we had our our episode, the Mets went on to the 16 inning victory. So the the photo here, if you're watching, is um, Darno. He he caught all 16 innings and then had the game winning home run. So obviously had the day off after that. But the Mets only won two games since our last episode. Hopefully we have something here where every night that we're on they win. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be every good. Thursday that we're on, maybe they win right after. We're good luck charms. We're one and zero. Yeah. So uh, over here on the right, the MLB uh, standings for NL East, Nationals at the top, and uh, you know it's 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 a tight race. It's only two weeks in, but we're a game and a half out. So we're super excited about seeing where this thing ends up at the end of the year. We're going to keep track throughout the season, and and I don't know who do you think is going to have the most crowns. I mean, it's got to be an everyday player, right? Because yeah. you know, so um... definitely not a pitcher, you know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And and a lot of guys haven't even gotten in the column here. Walker hasn't gotten in the column and Conforto and uh, Granderson. So. I think uh, Chicks dig the long ball. I think uh, it's going to be one of the Cespedes, home run guys. Yeah. Cespedes or Bruce. Basically a home run hitter or, you know, you're not going to probably win the crown for a defensive play. So it's really whoever's scoring the most runs. Somebody said that David Wright decides. Yeah, I heard that. I wasn't sure who decides. I think one of our commenters in later after you posted the clip last week said D. Wright decides. Oh, last night they added a robe as well. Yes, I so saw you get that. a crown yeah, and a robe now. If you're watching, Jay Bruce. So yeah. Bruce, yeah, Bruce killed it last night. Five home, uh, five RBIs, a so, uh, two run shot and a three run shot. Obviously, he was the only producer last night. But hopefully, the guys uh, start hitting him around him as well, and hopefully, Reyes wakes the freak up because he's not doing much right now. He is not. He is not. It's uh, it's not looking good for Jose. I mean, he looks so rattled, man. It, it, everything, even in the field, uh, everything is just. Uh, an adventure, which is a shame. But I know a lot of people are tweeting me, uh, is it too early to, for them to go to Rosario and move Cabrera to third or Walker to third? And yes, it's it's way too early for that. And I just don't think there's any reason for that yet. Um, if anything, you're going to go to Flores first. So. Well, speaking of moving positions around, last night after the game, when uh, it came out that Duda was hurt, he might not be playing today, which he's not playing today, uh, they asked Bruce, are you willing to play first? And he's like, I'll play anywhere pretty much. So um, that's where he's at tonight. So yeah. just to hit up the lineup here. Obviously, you know, I get on – I think it's like a funny thing that I kind of do. I don't know. People, I don't think everyone thinks it's funny. But once the Mets tweet the lineup, it's like a race between the beat writers to then tweet the lineup also. And even guys that don't do this for a living also tweet the lineup. Right. So it just – like you don't like when people write Eastern Standard Time. I don't like when people tweet the lineup because – I only like when people don't write Eastern Standard Time when it's wrong. If you're following Joe Schmo who, fo who covers the Mets, you obviously follow the Mets. So. And in fairness, <laughs> Joe Schmo is very popular. Yeah. So anyway, tonight's lineup, Granderson's leading off, then Cabrera, Cespedes, Bruce playing first, Walker at second base, Conforto, then God Conforto's in the lineup hitting – uh, in the sixth spot in center field, Reyes again, third base. Hopefully he does something. Syndergaard's actually hitting in the eighth spot. And then uh, Rivera's hitting 
in the nine hole. So we'll see what happens tonight. I'm I'm excited for it, and I, I hope that we're on to something where every night that we're on, they win. That'd be cool. That would be fantastic. I mean, listen, it's I guess it's possible. Uh, this is Jay Bruce's first start or first game, really. Uh, at first base since 2014, he had three games, three appearances there, uh, two starts for the Cincinnati Reds that year, and he started there. The last start he had was the second game of a doubleheader, July 8th, 2014. He also got some time there on July 11th. So his first appearance at first base since July 11th of 2014. Gotta love baseball reference. Gotta love it. And you know what? I also want to mention something here because... Uh, two episodes ago, we talked about Frank Fleming, the guy who was very angry about the uh, the derailment on opening day, and he mm-hmm. missed it. And you and I both said, hey, he's living it up his, his 14th minute or his 15th yeah. minute. He got hired by Barstool. So, Did he really? Yeah. So um, I don't know how I feel about that. His time's not up. No, dude, you got to check out this guy's website. Is it good? I only thought about it because you were talking about, uh, you know, I just brought up baseball mm-hmm. reference. Yeah. He has a website called, um, I think it's called like sportsencyclopedia.com. Yeah. He's updated it every single day since 2003. Wow. So this guy, like, it just randomly, he was angry and wearing Met stuff, and the news wanted to talk to him, but he actually is a plethora of information and wow. has a pretty cool website. That is fantastic, because I'm glad to hear that. I said that the guy seemed like a, like a real He knows his shit, yeah, because yeah, like, when he was on MLB Network and he was talking about, you know, just random Mets years or whatever, and he, he knew his stuff. So, Frank, sorry we doubted you. We, weren't, we didn't know that you were... Uh, well, you never know, right? Not, yeah, you can't judge a book by its cover, and, you know, not that you don't look like... You know what you're talking about, but um, it's random that you see a guy that goes viral for whatever reason, right. and then he's a guest on a radio show because he, he talked to the Barstool guys on like, Barstool Radio. They do a daily thing on Sirius, and he was on, and he was talking to Portnoy, the owner, and Portnoy's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I have this website, and he's like, wait, you do this like every day? Every single day you've updated your website since 2003, and he did. So uh, shout out to Frank, killing it. Um, congratulations on the derailment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, good for him, man. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's uh, that's really good. I, you know, now I know how I feel about it. I feel good about it. Yeah. Now, once I read his website, we really. And you know what they like too? It. They said uh, he hasn't updated his site, the look of his, the site since 2003, well, and they liked that though. They were like, "Don't change it. Leave it." <laughs> yeah, it looks like an old Geo City. Yeah, page. it's like old school. Yeah, or like AOL hometown. So why don't you um, talk a little bit about Ch- uh, Chaz? <laughs> a little bit about Taz before we bring him in. I can talk about Chaz first. Yeah, Chaz, Chaz. Shout out to Chaz upstate. I think you're watching this. Um, He's got his jersey from Stitches ready. Mish, you better pick that up for him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's talk about him uh, because he is. You getting him queued in right now? About a second or so. Yeah, well, for those of you who don't know, and admittedly, we know that not all of you are going to be wrestling fans, but Taz is an ECW original. If you don't know what ECW was, it's Extreme Championship Wrestling, uh, the brainchild of Paul Heyman. Um, it was a wrestling organization that was formed out of Eastern Championship Wrestling that when Paul Heyman got involved with, uh, took over and changed and rebranded to become Extreme Championship Wrestling around, I think, 1993, 1994. And from there, they started this huge movement, which is really the forerunner for the Attitude Era, which is what uh, wrestling's last big peak was um, in the uh, mid to late 90s. Uh, where you had the violence and and the excessive bleeding and the extreme rules matches and this is what a lot of people grew up on wrestling on and ECW was really at the uh, you know the cutting edge of that so Taz is an original uh, he's a former ECW champion and we'll give him a nice uh, uh, intro right here as Darren gets him queued up on the screen I'm very pumped to have him this is very very exciting for me he has nearly 30 years of wrestling experience under his belt in the industry, and he was one of the originals, like I mentioned, of ECW. That's a movement that changed the industry forever. He's former ECW World Champion and a former WWE Superstar and Commentator, but most importantly for us, he's a big Mets fan. Uh, Catch him every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. on the Taz Show. Check out all the past episodes on demand anytime at tazshow.com. We will survive if he lets us. It's Taz. Taz, what's up, man? Brian and Darren here on Long Island. What's going on? Hey, I happen to be on Long Island, too. What's going on, boys? See, look at this. I, I think we're in a different county, but that's okay. Just barely, right? You're like right on the border. <laughs> exactly. That's it. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. Dude, we're excited. This is, this is awesome for us, and I even got to give Darren a wrestling history lesson, so that was fun. I'm starting to – I did my research, and I have some people. You know, I got people. And they tell me, you, Mr. Darren, are not exactly a, a big-time wrestling fan, which is cool. That's fine. I mean, 
And you know what? Uh, believe it or not, a lot of people that watch or listen to my show every day, they're not all wrestling fans. I'm not just a wrestling guy. I have other abilities. That's it. We, you're, you're a jack of all trades. Dude, I saw you wrestle 20 years ago in you the did. 90s. I, I went. You make me feel old. I <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I don't watch it now, but yeah, I did as a kid. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean we're not stoked to have you on. You're a big Mets fan, and obviously you're a supporter of the Seven Line. And we, I think that it's, it's good when worlds collide, you know? Yeah, absolutely, bro. That's why you're a successful guy. And, and, and I've caught this show, what you guys do on Facebook Live. I do Facebook Live also on my show, and I do it in the morning, though. But, um, and, you know, it's kind of cool with my deal. I am a big Met fan. My producer's a big Yankee fan, but he's not a Yankee. He's not a Met hater, and I'm not a Yankee hater. But we have fun with it. But we get a lot of fans that call in that are, yes, they're wrestling fans, but they're also Philly fans, or we'll get Marlin fans, or we'll get Cub fans, and we just, you know, and it's just a, a ball-busting session, you know what I mean? So, uh, right now, there might be some of these non-Met fans that are on this Facebook Live gimmick right now, you got to be careful <laughs> now. That's all right. We, we, we always like having new viewers, and you know what? You know, you hit the nail on the head. It's not always about Mets, and even though it is an orange and blue thing, we like to have just like a generic uh bullshitting conversation we're just sitting here hanging out for a little bit you know and that's what the whole thing's about i i heard the the shout you gave us today and i thank you for that and i think that you're you're right this isn't a podcast you know you said something on your show today that you know we're not a podcast and we in the beginning you know we were only 17 episodes in now but when we were starting this thing we weren't sure what the hell it was and now we found out it's kind of just us hanging out live on facebook and then we do put the audio on itunes but that still doesn't really make it a podcast but um yeah, you are correct, Darren. You're one thousand percent correct, and I did say that today on my show because it's like a running joke on my show because my show started as an audio podcast, and you know, and then it morphed, you know, into video, but it drops every day as a podcast. So you drop this as a podcast, right? When we're done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so see your first run, your live video. I mean, you know, so you guys are not a podcast. Nothing that, that podcast is not a dirty word. But it's bigger. This is bigger. What you're doing is bigger now. You're running video. You got cameras. You got lights. It's video. It's just, podcast is audio that's edited heavily and dropped as pre-recorded stuff. This is we're shooting this live, right? So yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. We're well, we appreciate that. We're but... shooting and shooting it live. <laughs> so we got to ask you. You know, we know you're you're a New Yorker and a, and a big Mets fan. So how did this whole thing start for you? How did how did you become a Mets fan? Did you go to Shea a lot as a kid? Who's your favorite player? Just give us the little history lesson. Yeah, cool. Well, my dad, you know, God rest his soul, but he, he, you know, was born and raised in Brooklyn and, and grew up a Brooklyn Dodger fan. So like a lot of people back in the day, you know, when the Dodgers went out to L.A., they became Met fans because they weren't, you know, especially people from Brooklyn because they weren't from the Bronx or so Manhattan. So, you know, uh, my family, we all, because I wasn't born at the time when the Dodgers were around, but I grew up a Met fan because my dad was a Met fan and my grandmother was a Met fan and my grandfather, my whole house. So it just went from there, and I went to several games at uh, at Shea back in the day. And then when I um, when I was younger, like probably one of my favorite Mets was Lee Mazzilli, you know, and then you know Lenny Dykstra. Those are my favorite guys. Wally Backman, loved all those guys. Uh, and then as I got older, and I you know, was doing well as a wrestler, and then I signed with the WWE in like early two thousand. Um, I can't remember. What, what, who they were playing? The Mets might have been playing the Dodgers, and it was at Shea, and I had the opportunity to throw out the first pitch, um, which was a lot of fun. And I actually have a very uh, funny Mike Piazza story. So I we heard about it. that. We heard about that. Why don't you why don't you spill the beans? What's going on? It's, it's pretty funny shit. I got to tell you. So what <laughs> happens is, so I'm going to act like a tough guy when I get there, right? I'm at Shea. You know, I'm with you know WWE. My wife's there at the time. My son was a baby, so he's 17 now. So this was 17 years ago. So, um, um, anyway, so I, they said, well, look, you know, when people throw the pitch out, we put the mound, we'll put the rubber, you know, before, like, the hill, you know, so you could reach. I thought, nah, shit, fuck that. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> Come on, right? So, let's go. Put, yeah, I want I want to throw, you know, from the top of the hill. All right. So, I get out there, and I'm, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for Piazza to catch the ball. He's not, I don't see him there. And I can't remember who was the backup catcher. I'm drawing a blank. Big Todd Pratt? That's it, Todd Pratt, thank you. And I get on top of the hill, and then I realize, oh, shit, what an idiot I am. This is far. (laughs) People don't realize how far it is, you know? (laughs) So did you bounce it? No, no, I didn't bounce it. I threw it a little high, actually. I I, I played Little League as a kid. I wasn't like a – and I played football in high school. I didn't play baseball. But I I didn't know how to throw a ball. I mean, so I made sure I stepped hard into it, and I did not bounce it. I'm not a a mouse. So so what happens is – as I get rid of the throw, as I'm sorry, as I walk out to the hill, to the mound, 
the, I got a really good ovation. They announced my name. They put it on the on the you know on the scoreboard and all that jazz from WWE all stuff. And next thing I know, as Pratt is getting ready to squat down and catch the ball, I hear this gigantic ovation as I'm on top of the hill. And I'm like, look. And I look. Here comes Piazza. So I started to realize what's going on. He waits to see what kind of reaction some celebrity gets. <laughs> <laughs> he just catches the freaking pitch. <laughs> oh man! So you were you were you were big time enough that he wanted to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. But but uh, and then Pratt, I think I threw. And then Pratt was still there. He was actually a nice guy. I didn't really talk to Piazza much, but Pratt was a good guy. And then I, uh, you know, Mike Seconds. My son was a baby, and he grew up a Mets fan too, obviously, and he still is. And so he got to take pictures, you know, with both Piazza, Pratt, bunch of guys. Uh, Stearns, uh, John Stearns, I think was a third base coach at that time. Uh, another Met that I love. So that's that's the backstory of me with the Mets, you know. That's awesome. So listen, Taz, we'll get back to the Mets in a second, but I, I we need to get into a little bit in your career and, and the business and everything because we have a huge amount of people that sit with us um, at our outings. They're actually big wrestling fans. There's a lot of crossover there. Um, so what I want to hit on first is ECW. Obviously, this is kind of like a transcendent uh, part of your career and a huge part of wrestling history. So talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be an ECW alum. What what kind of pride does that do you carry with that? And uh, and what is what was it like to be part of something that that really did impact the industry and, and really change the course of the business? You know, uh, we, a lot of times some of us use the cliche "lightning in a bottle," and and it's true because that's what it was during that era. You know, you know it was a really cool thing, Brian. Where while it was happening, like once the the ECW thing really started to, to really get some steam, it was full throttle. You know, like I personally knew that I was fortunate to be part of something like extremely unattended, special. You know, I knew it was something special, and it felt special. And I knew it wouldn't last forever. I thought I was going to stay there forever, but then you know another opportunity comes along, and you're starting a young family, and you got to do what you got to do. But as far as the pride, I still have. And many of us still have. Um, it's gigantic. I mean, it's no one could ever take that away from us because we did. We were a revolution, and and at Paul Heyman's vision, and so many of us that uh, wrestled for him and wrestled hard for him and worked hard behind the scenes with him and for him. We were a team, you know. And it was uh, one of the toughest things I ever had to do was leave ECW to go to WWE. I mean, because uh, I thought I'd retire in ECW, but you know, like I said, business things happen. You got to do what you got to do, and I was younger then. And but I I miss those days a lot. I, I try not to relive them too much. I don't really watch much of my old matches and from ECW, um, but I do I do miss that time at times as I get older. You know, I, I kind of wish my kid could have saw me then. You know what I mean? Like, but you know. It, it was a great time, and you know there were, we had rough times then too. You know, not everything was rainbows and butterflies. You know, we were, you know, the locker room. We were a bond. We had a bond like a brotherhood, but but there was tension there. You know, we were all competitive animals, and we no one was cutting nobody's throat. Nobody was stabbing nobody in the fucking back. But we we were hardcore, and hardcore to us did not mean. You're bleeding. You're hitting a guy with a bat with barbed wire. Hardcore was was the attitude. Hardcore was the mindset, and that's that's what ECW really was to all of us. So it was a great time. Orange blue thing. Episode 17, talking with ECW legend and former WWE superstar Taz. So Brian, um, you got a couple more questions on wrestling. We're going to transition back yeah. to baseball, but yeah, I want to I want to touch on a few things um, about your WWE run. Um, obviously, you blew the roof off the place at the Garden, man. Like when you, I, Darren was just watching. This I rewatched that yesterday. Too. Yeah, and and when you debuted against Kurt Angle, man, a guy who was undefeated at the time on TV. Uh, you know it, the way they put you. I, I don't want to like wrestling terms like i don't want to use too many insider terms or whatever but the way they put the way that I, you know i don't know how wrestlers feel about that with guys who've never done it listen, listen you, you know we, sometimes we do get offended so I right appreciate you, but so you say, all right sure, all right bro, do what you gotta do. all right so the way they put you over the way they put over taz mission and everything what were your expectations for your wwe run after that match uh i actually told this story on my show many times i knew during that entrance that i was doomed Really? And what I, from, a, from a push perspective. And what I mean is, when I heard that pop, I didn't expect that pop, that, that reaction in the garden, you know. I mean, I knew I was a hometown boy, but I, and I was a surprise. And Kurt Angle had a lot of heat in the ring, and he was great. 
Um, so I knew I'd get a, a decent reaction. I didn't know it would be like that. And when I got that kind of reaction, I'm like, oh, boy. This is this was not made by the WWE. This right. might cause a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because they, you know, at that time it was a different time in WWE, and I kind of was walking to the ring, and I'm like, this is awesome, but what, what's going to happen here? Right. Like my future, you know. I mean, I obviously stayed there for a decade, just about a decade after that, but my push wasn't what I thought it would be. My push wasn't what people thought it would be. I, I have no regrets though, because I'm forever grateful to WWE, WWE because they, you know, morphed me into a commentator, into a broadcaster, which gave me a great career. And I, thanks to them, I now have a daily show as a broadcaster. So, you know, um, but that was a great time, uh, you know, debuting at the Garden and wrestling such a great competitor and performer like Kurt Angle, who's a personal friend. Um, and if you look closely, that match was a hard-hitting fucking affair, dude. We brought it, and it was like we were dinging each other pretty good in that. So it was a physical deal. You know, it's, people don't realize, you know, ah, it's wrestling, ah, it's a show, ah, it's fake. Yeah, but, you know, I know maybe there's a lot of people watching this right now and listening to us. You know, they're not wrestling fans, and that's cool. But I'm just letting you know, like, it's a very physical business. Uh, we're, I've always said, you know, we're a hybrid of an actor, an athlete, and a stuntman uh, or a stuntwoman. You know, so that's kind of what we are. I mean, it's a dangerous game. There's no offseason, you know. I mean, I, I just saw yesterday, like, speaking, you know, like Dono, right? So he, he hurts his hand, as you guys know, right? He's throwing a guy out a second, and his hand hits the back. I mean, I don't want to call the guy like you know, like soft or nothing, but, you know, let's fucking be honest. He's got a fucking little gash on his hand, and he can't, and, uh, and, and Collins is like, oh, we'll, we'll probably sit him tonight. Are you shitting me? Like, in, in the wrestling business, like, that can't happen. Right. You know, see, you don't make money. You you degress, you, you drop on the card. Yeah. So, and it's all year round. So, I always like to let people know what these men and women are doing, that there really is no off season, and, and they're away from their family a lot. Yeah, some of them make them bank, true, some, but most aren't making bank. They're right. doing well, but they're away from their loved ones. And I can tell you, I'm missing my son's first word, missing my son's first step. You know, that sucked. I can't get that back. Let me ask you a question, Taz. Um, you know, we before we get into the Mets here, we usually do a rapid-fire segment of questions that are Mets-related. But we, I asked around with some of my guys, and they said, we got to know Taz's opinions on some current WWE things that are going on here. Before we get to baseball, I want to just take you through – so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you first thing that jumps in your head. Just give you me your honest and quick reaction, okay? Five rapid-fire questions here, okay? I hate rapid-fire. All right, well, do what you got to do. Okay. But then then, then we'll get into a little Mets. Then we'll get into a little Mets stuff. All right. I'm quick. I'm ready. I'm good. Let's go. All right, ready? Currently on the roster right now, WWE roster, most underutilized talent. I got to give one word here? No, just right. whatever. Most underutilized talent. It's oh, a great question. Um, on the current WWE roster, I would probably say currently, from a female perspective, because they're not doing enough with her, in my opinion, uh, I would definitely say Becky Lynch at the current time. Okay. I would say Becky Lynch. From a male perspective, I would probably, uh, I'd like to see them doing a lot more with Baron Corbin, like a lot more. They started to keep starting and stopping. I'm a big fan of his. Okay. And I think uh big money in him. I'm mean, not getting semi pushes, but I'm talking about a real push. All right, worst gimmick going right now? Um, probably the producer of the Taz show. Uh, <laughs> In I, WWE, Taz. I, I bust his balls. I'm teasing. Um, he is a Yankees gimmick, fan, so. I'm trying to think, worst gimmick going? Uh, I, and I love, I love him, and it's kind of a cool gimmick, and I, and I think he's a friend of your show, and I was a big Met fan. It's my boy Kurt Hawkins. It's not a worse gimmick. It's a good gimmick, but they just—he's underutilized too. I mean, he's such a good talent. So it's not a worse gimmick. It's like worse presentation. Not using the gimmick the right way. Right. You know, he's got to win some matches here and there. Yeah. You know, I just think that's important. But I guess that doesn't answer your question. That's not a worse gimmick. Um, man, worse gimmick. I don't know. I mean, to me, if you're getting paid, it's all good gimmick. Well, that's I, how, I was gonna that's say that's how it is. Right? Know? Pin me, pay me, right? Yeah, I'm glad that's it's business, you know. Um, I don't, you know, that's why, like, it, it, like I, I would have to say, if the worst gimmick is the gimmick that's not getting on TV enough. Because okay. if you're not on TV, I mean, I'm, I get into the nooks and cranny of the business, you know, so it's not entertaining maybe for fans to say, well, I think Kevin Owens' gimmick is the worst. That's not me. I just, I can't bullshit you, you know what I mean? All right. Uh, best worker. Oh, wow. That's a. Can you give me a broader question, Brian? Knee-jerk knee um, reaction. Knee-jerk reaction. 
That's like saying, who's the best baseball player today? That's yeah. hard. Well, I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I yeah. know AJ. respect him. I'd say AJ's up there as far as best worker. I also would say Kevin Owens in that realm because of his ability on the mic and his size that he has, his physical size, and his diversity to work uh, with all different types of workers. And, I, and I, believe it or not, it might be an unpopular answer. I'd have to throw John Cena in there. No. Because John Cena has shown his versatility in working with all different People coming at him, young guys, older guys, whatever, different styles and stuff like that. And Cena has was is able to talk people into building and wrestle people into building. So you, you, you know he's a big blockbuster draw for a reason. All right, this is a good one for a knee jerk reaction. Shinsuke Nakamura, WWE champion within a year? Yes or no? I say no. No. Um, and it's not because of his ability. I I can't go back to what I've said on my show many times. I just think. His lack of connectivity on a microphone verbally because of you know, his first mm-hmm. uh, language is Japanese. I think that's going to hurt him a little bit, but yet they are pushing the shit out of him in a good way. And he's cool as shit, and he can work his ass off, and people love him. So I got to put a little qualifier on a bride. I mean, just got to give me a little room here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be on the fence. I'm not an on the fence yeah. guy, you know what I'm saying? But he can't talk me into the building, but shit, he can work his ass off. So I would I would say no, he's probably not going to be, I'm going to regret saying this, WWE champion. <laughs> All right, last one before I hand it off to Darren. Uh, who's, the, who, what's, who's better, ready? Triple H the wrestler or Triple H the booker? <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Okay. I, I, I hear um, people call him Trips. Oh, God, that's so fucking annoying. You know what? <laughs> if, if you never laced up a pair of boots. I hear you, man. I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, know, you know, they just use these terms. It's kind of annoying. Look, Triple H, who's, who's better? I would say Triple H, the wrestler's better. But it's hard to say that. It's a very good question because he's doing a great job as a booker with NXT. I thought you were going to say maybe Triple H, the backstage politician during the uh, mid-2000s. Dude, that's a whole different story. nobody's better than that. Uh, I've unfortunately been a, vic- I've been a victim of it along with many others, but I digress. I know it. Um, but I, he's, he's, he's a great talent, and he's always been a great talent, and he's also he's doing a tremendous job you know, with uh, NXT. You can't go wrong with that. Now, Darren, I'm going to let you know something here right now, my friend. Okay. What's up? I'm coming at you straight at you, bro. Right here. <laughs> Straight shoot. Don't hit me with these hard ass Met baseball. Questions. There's not that many. No, no. <laughs> I'm, not the guy. I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a hard Met fan, but I'm not like I don't know a guy's batting average in 19. Me neither, dude. Me neither. And that's that's why me and Brian or Brian and I, if that's the right uh-huh. way, uh, we mesh well because he's more of the stats guy and I'm the more of the the drinker and I just hang out. Stats, and... Listen, baseball fans are the most intimidating thing in the world because, especially in New York, as you guys know, because they they know numbers. You yeah. Know if I mean? I'm ever asked. If I'm ever asked to be on like a um, one of those like trivia shows or whatever, I, I decline because I don't want to be the guy that has no idea like the easiest answer. Then I look like a freaking schmuck. But I'm the same <laughs> way. Dude, I have a question for you, Dan. Seriously, I, your shirts. I don't need to shill and sell your stuff. Your stuff, your seven lines shit is great. I mean, I gotta tell you, um, I've been, I've always had my own merch and stuff like that. In WWE, I designed my own stuff. In ECW, now with my radio show, and. I, I uh, I do all my own stuff, but the quality of your shirts, dude. We got to talk offline because we should. This shit is great. Thank you. I, mean, and the, really, I love your shit. I'm telling you, you do a great job. You probably don't know this, but I mean, we talk about it often. I'll try to cut to the chase. But I, I came from a BMX background, and a lot of the BMX companies back in the day that we respected the most were all all do it yourself. Uh, operations, so they'd make the bikes, they'd manufacture them, they they do everything themselves. So when I br- when I started this, I tried to bring that with me. So the aspect of doing it the right way and selling something that people are going to want to wear brings them back, you know. So I, I didn't want to make shitty t-shirts, you know. And then I appreciate the the, the, the compliment. Well, that's yeah, but, this guy. He he designed all ECW wrestlers shirts back in the day, for the yeah. whole for the company. That's crazy. It's crazy. Everything like the logos for the pay per views. No way. Everything. All the posters, I did all that. And I have no graphics background. I just kind of have a, you know, I just did it for fun, like as a hobby, you know. That's great. And, and you know what's great, too, because talking to you, you, you got a good head on your shoulders. And it's great that after wrestling, you, you found something else. Like you said, that, you know, it, it brought you into the broadcasting world. And um, I was watching something yesterday when we, when we knew you were having you on. And you came out, I think it was MSG, and you said, you New Yorkers, I'm, I have more money than you. You're, like, talking shit. And it's funny because, like, it's part, of the, it's part of the thing. But, like, uh, you know, it's... I didn't mean to shit on wrestling, you know, but I like watching that stuff, you know? That's the hardest thing. When you're in your hometown and you're what we call a heel, a bad guy, Yeah, you got to get what we call heat. You got to get the people 
that are from your hometown that hate you. That's not easy, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> especially in the garden because they love bad guys. And yeah. if I'm a hometown bad guy, they love me more. And my boss is like, dude, you got to get fucking heat. So I would always yeah. That, that was the night. That was the night you got punched in the face by the king. I was. I watched it. I've watched a whole bunch of your videos I, yesterday. Listen, that angle was phenomenal. That thing we did. I was mean, that, that the was, ECW said, invasion? I, the ninety-six one. I said to Jim Ross, the good old Jr. Yeah. I, I love Jr. He's my friend. You know, he's unfortunately has a, a you know. Yeah, that was a tough line. Yeah, if you want to repeat it now, yeah, you said you know I would smack you in your face or something, but you know it looks like God already did that to you or something like that. Yeah, it was a really and I got to be honest, I've talked about this on my show. Like the WWE did not give me that line, uh, the writers did not give me that line. I I can't take credit for the line. A friend of mine, which I will never name, gave me the line, and who, who was from the business, the wrestling business, and I went to Vince. Uh, and then I went to JR, and, and they were both cool with it. I mean, I hated saying it, but it was the right line to say, and uh, I'll never forget it. And thank God for JR being a professional about it. And then JR, uh, Jerry Lawler punched me right in the fucking jaw. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a real shot. Oh, yeah, because when towns are close, you got to bring it. Yeah, so no, yeah. It looked it. real to me. I, like, I can't tell the difference, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Darren and Brian talking with Taz. Catch him every day, 7 to 9 a.m. on the Taz Show. It's, you could see it pretty much every, everywhere. You do it. Uh, you broadcast all over the place. I think you have the website. Your, your audio is everywhere. But uh, we're going to get a couple more Mets questions and then um, wrap it up here. So, Brian, what's up? Yeah, Taz. I'm... John Sturm's batting average. Right? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to hit you with that. Come on, man. <laughs> So uh, so let me ask you a question. I, I, I hear you on Joe and Evan every once in a while, right? You boys are talking about this. We talked about Piazza before, and they were debating last week who had a bigger impact on the franchise, Piazza when he came over to the Mets or Cespedes since he's come over. What, what, where do you stand on that? I've got to say Piazza. Yeah? I, just, I remember when he came from the Dodgers, you know. I remember that. It was a big deal. I mean, a huge deal. I mean, I'm a big Cespedes mark. I mean, who, who wouldn't be? I mean. Uh, I, I love the guy too, you know, uh, but, but I gotta say, I just, I really think, um, I think Piazza, I just think he's, you know, he's Mike Piazza, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and I remember that time, I mean, when he left the Dodgers, that was a big deal, you know, that was a huge, huge thing. And, and, uh, it, it gave a real shot in the arm to the franchise. So I got to ask you for a favor quickly. A lot of, uh, people commenting it right now during the live show, they're big fans of you, but they also have this thing throughout their group. It's called Yago. Can you just say Yago really quick? Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I have things like this on my show, and some of them are, like, tricky. No, so it's, it's I, nothing offensive. It's We're nothing, not asking you to say bad. anything wrong. They would just be excited so that I you like said offensive. it. I'm into offensive. Um, <laughs> what does it say it again? Yago. Y-A-G-O. Just say Yago quick. Shit, I'm not saying it. That means something. No, it, it, doesn't, really, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. We, <laughs> We've talked about it before, how Yago, it does. Yago, Yago. There, there you go. go. All right. There the, you go. The, the boys will be happy the about boys that. Will be happy. So listen, I got to pull something up here because yesterday, like I said, I was watching a bunch of videos, doing some research. I wanted to be educated before we had you on. So I typed into Google Taz Mets. And you're not going to be able to see it on the screen here, but I got to ask you a question how this came about. There's a photo here on the internet of you rocking a black, looks like a bomber jacket with an orange Yankees logo on your, on your jacket. So there's got to be a good explanation for it. I'm not trying to throw you into the bus, but I mean, you know, accidents happen. I don't know what happened there, but let us know. Bring a guy on your show and you hit him with something. I got to ask you, man. It's, it's a Mets question. I'm not asking you stats. I actually didn't have to ask you. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking at what you're saying. So what – Say it's a picture. It's a, it's a, like kind of like a, a jersey. Well, it's a, a jersey. no. It's a black bomber jacket. You're rocking orange sunglasses. Behind you on a TV, it says like TNA New York. So yeah. I don't know if it was like a work thing or not. You're with but... you're with Josh Matthews in the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a that is a Yankee. Uh, that is a Yankee NY. It's orange okay. and black. I know it's your it's your color. So it must have been a gift or something. Somebody made it for me, and I loved it. And I, you know, I was working down in Nashville, and not a lot of people were watching TNA back then. They don't dump. So I figured, ah, eh, not too many. That's fans. what Brian thought too. He's like, oh, it's got to be work related, or someone probably made it and didn't realize it, it was the wrong was. NY. But I, I, have, I have a couple of different. Um, I have a couple of different Yankee things. I, you know, my wife's a big Yankee fan, but she's not like a Met. So is Brian's. Brian's yeah. wife's a Yankee fan yeah. too. <laughs> Um, you know what I do have? Oh man, I should. You guys, would, it would, it's pretty cool. I have. Uh, I think I have two jerseys that the Mets gave me. I think Stitches. Obviously, Stitches made it, and uh, it says Taz Mission on the back. I have a black one, and I have a, a home gray one with number thirteen on it. You know, that's well, cool. Uh, I, I'd at least bring it up, but yeah. So, uh, Taz, you got to rock that when you come to an outing. Oh, you know, it's another I, thing. You got you got to come out and hang out with us, man. I, I know your schedule is crazy. You, you don't do the show on the weekends, right? It's just Monday through Friday. 
listen, I don't. You're right. But you know, like, you guys know, like, I'm grinding every friggin' morning. I'm in Manhattan. I live on the island. And it's like on the weekends, I get to chill. You want to just chill, yeah. My family, you know, my kid's a big lacrosse player, so I go watch him play on the weekends. You know, he's a senior now, so, you know, and, and he's going off to college next year to play, so I want to make sure I see enough of him playing now. If, so you, can, if I, you can find the time, though, definitely come and hang out with us, man. I think you'd have a good time. Guys, listen, I, I, I know all about Seven Line Crew. I mean, you guys, the Army has a freaking blast. I know a lot of my fans are fans of you guys. Are fans of you guys are in the Seven Line Army. That, you know, I know the deal. Um, and you guys look like you have a blast. And, and one day I will, and I'll hit you guys up to listen. I'm going to come, you know. Um, I, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I'm just always running around and shit. And then you're going to start asking, you know, Batting averages on base percentages. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yago. Yago. <laughs> All right, Tez, uh, what's your opinion of this team right now? Obviously, we just came off frustrating series in Miami. Um, where do you think they stand right now? And uh, if you had to guess, how many how many games does this team win at the end of the year? I don't, look, it's, as you guys know, it's early, right? You yeah. know what I mean? It's early. I mean, I, 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 think we guys, I, think, I think we're going deep, dude. I think we're going to go deep as long as we stay healthy here. I think we're going deep, 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 you know? I don't want to jinx it. You know, I, I've had a lot of – I grew up a Met Jet fan. There's a lot of suffering, you know? Us too. Um, Us too. But now you're going to get mad because a few years ago, I I, I stopped I – stopped, I couldn't do the Jet thing no more. I couldn't do it. I left. I'm a Bills fan. I'm Dude, sorry. My, we're raising my kid a Giants fan because I'm like, no, I can't do it. My wife's a huge Giants fan, and I, and I bought a Giants jersey last year. They bought me a Giants jersey for Christmas. Came with a little tag that was like, to daddy. And I was like, man, uh, that's that's it right, right there, man. Dude, I, not, I know it's not a Jet show, but, dude, I mean, it's like I, I talked to Joe and Evan. I mean, I heard the money. I heard Joe today talking about, oh, it's, uh, the Jets are in a rebuilding year. Dude, they've been in a freaking rebuilding year for how many years? 50. How many years? <laughs> <laughs> rebuilding it forever you know what i mean <laughs> but look the mets i think this team is you know I mean, a couple little nagging injuries little injuries you have here and and now familiar's back tonight which is nice i mean so you know i don't know man i mean as long as reyes can get out of this friggin' ice bath because he's friggin' ice cold um it's confe- as uh, uh uh what's his name an everyday player yet or what well um, he's playing tonight because bruce is yeah, no, bruce at first base so conforto's in there and if duda's hurt he might be you might be an everyday player now. How long is saying Duda's – Duda's – it's just not that long, right? It's his elbow or shoulder Yeah, or his elbow, yeah. Who knows? You know how it is with the Mets. I tell you one day and it's two weeks, but who knows. But before we let you go, you're, you're, you're a friend of the show now, and you just were talking about Joe and Evan, WFEN. We're, we're friends with Al Dukes as well, so we want to know what, what's the beef with you guys. I mean, you, the other day – listen – Listen, the other day on Twitter, you said something about whatever. If you want to know, just ask. Or, or, so I'm asking you. So I, I think I hit up Al, too. I was like, what's going on with you guys? We, we want to bury the hatchet between you. What's up? What's up? What's the beef? Al Dukes, Al Dukes is soft. That's number one. Okay? <laughs> that's, I think that's well documented. And I think Al Dukes himself would tell you he's soft. No. Probably, probably. I like Al Dukes. I know Al Dukes a lot of years. I know Al Dukes. I know him, geez, I was trying to get into radio over 10 years ago, and Al, during some tryout shows I was having for, uh, I don't remember if it was K-Rock then or WNEW, whoever it was, he was, like, nice enough to sit in as a producer, you know, and I was friends with him for a long time, and now, of course, he's with the big, famous Boomer and Cotton show, which, you know, he's been with them a long time at Boomer Cotton. I've been on that show many times. I, I was considering those guys friends, and next thing I know, you know, they're stealing some content from the little old digital show in CBS when they had a big terrestrial radio show. And my audience got a little pissed off, and we have a term for that. It's called a hack. So um, I have this bit that I do on my show a lot. It's Jones, Jones, right? So it's like, you know, all right, whatever. You know, I'm drinking seltzer, right? Seltzer Jones. You know what I mean? Like stupid shit. Like, you know, it's like just like – Podcasting Jones. It's just like Yago, right? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't really mean nothing. Next thing I know, not that I invented the Jones thing, Cotton is doing it. And then Al Dukes is, you know, he's like, ah, oh, he's been doing that shit a long time. Gimmick and then infringement. The audience gets all over him, you know, and it was like a whole little immature, typical radio fight. Yeah. But they're the, look, in the CBS world, like those guys are like the world heavyweight champion, and I'm like the Western States heritage champion, you know? Like, they're the big broadcast show, and I'm just the digital show, and I mind my business. I talk about wrestling. I can understand you know? it, then. I'm on your side on this one, then. You know what? If, if people are stealing your shit, then I'm on your side. No gimmick infringement here. All right. 
But I got to say, me, you know, Al will tell you different, and I'm looking forward to meeting Al, seeing Al again and fighting him. So <laughs> well, there you go. Well, Taz, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We can't wait to get you out to an outing this year, and, uh, and we'll talk soon, man. We'll, uh, this might have to be a regular thing. I'm in. I'm in. I, 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 I've watched your show a couple times. I love what you guys do. And, uh, you know, I, anytime, man, I, I appreciate it. I can't thank both you, Darren, and Brian very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, thank Taz. You. Let's talk soon about some T-shirts. Yes, sir. Talk to you guys. Be good. Thank you. Let it. The human suplex machine. That was former ECW champion Taz. See, how fun that was is awesome. that, man? That was very awesome. Was and great. I know the boys are, are very excited about the Yago shouts. And he said it multiple times. So if they're watching this, I'm sure they're going to, like, Put it on their Instagrams later or whatnot. Oh, so, it's definitely going to happen. Uh, yeah, about 15 minutes until the actual game starts, so we're going to move right along to our next segment here. I, I was actually tried out for Shark Tank this week. Yes, which I know. you helped me with with my pitch. And my and pleasure. I can't help, I can't thank you enough for that. But there's a term on the show that Mr. Wonderful always says: "You're dead to me." Yes. Oh, and by the way, Shark Tank was not for the seven line. I'm never selling the seven line. I invented a, a, a pregnancy pillow, believe it or not, when, when Kelly was pregnant. So if you want to know about that, just follow me on Twitter. But anyway, so Mr. Wonderful says, you're dead to me. So it got me thinking, who is dead to us as an ex-Met player? And it was, it was specific. They have to still be playing. So some people were left off that you know recently left the team, but they're not with a big league team right now, like um, Nice or whoever. So there were four options on the poll. And they were Beltran, Oliver Perez, Daniel Murphy, and Cologne. Uh, almost 3,500 people voted, and Murphy won with 54% of the vote, which I was actually shocked by because it, Murphy didn't really leave on bad terms, even though Gary Cohen said he was a net negative and it seemed like the team wasn't very high on him. They gave him the qualifying offer. He declined it. I think, like we spoke about from last week when we had the what team do you hate the most, the Nationals won, even though we don't have much history with them. People are thinking current. And you compared Murphy to... Like an old girlfriend. An old girlfriend so, or uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. If if your ex-girlfriend goes and dates some great guy and she's all happy and is posting all happy Facebook pictures and everything, that's going to piss you off. Of course. And so, like, the fact that Daniel Murphy went to Washington, if he was batting 250, no one would care. But the fact now that he's, like, the second coming of Babe Ruth, that's a big deal. But if my ex-girlfriend's just sitting home on a Saturday night and she's miserable... Like then that then I feel fine about that. So that's <laughs> yeah. what I think a lot of the Murphy thing comes from. Who did you pick though? I picked Murphy really? for that exact reason because I picked I, Oliver Perez. Man, he was such yeah. a dick on his way out. Dude, I love Daniel Murphy. I love him. And if he came back to the Mets tomorrow, I would love him. But the fact that he's on the Mets' biggest rival right now, thriving, and the Mets. And in fairness, people said, "Oh, they didn't want him back." You know, he could have came back, bet on himself, one year, sixteen million dollar deal. What would he have gotten? from in a contract if he oh had bet God. on himself <laughs> and then had that year, which is what Cespedes did, and then Cespedes ended up staying. So let's let's be fair a little bit. You know, he could have stayed. He could have stayed, but he chose for long term security and I get that for his family. He's got a young family uh, you know, young uh, baby at home and everything. Yeah, I don't I don't hate on it, man. I mean he's doing his thing. I mean I I don't want to see him succeed because he's is in our division now, but you know what he seemed like a good guy. He was nice to us. So but you know what's surprising about the results here? Five percent for Beltran. I think people are finally over Beltran's uh, strikeout. Yeah, and um, you know, I think it's because if this if this poll went up in the beginning of 2015 and we had a show back then, I think he may have won the thing. But now that we we've been to the World Series since since that, I think fans are kind of over it. Um, And Cologne only got three percent. 103 people voted for Cologne, but we did get some comments here that were screenshot. going to move right move quickly here we were going to read them all but we don't really have the time so carolyn alonzo said it went from murphy we're not worthy to murphy burn that new jersey it's a little harsh but i agree uh chris m john on instagram even though john niece wasn't on it she said that john niece can go jump off the queensboro bridge and i agree with that that's cool. uh, <laughs> um shane pogue on Facebook said, sadly, Murph is not dead to me. He didn't leave the Mets on bad terms. He got red hot at the right time, and we were able to ride his ass more than a $10 hooker in Vegas. Not advisable, I may add. Um, another one, Derek Hineu on Facebook. This is absurd. You hate Murphy because the front office treated him like shit throughout his career. He then carried us in the World Series, and we let him go because we needed to save the money. Now we're paying Walker more than more for the last two years combined than the Nats are paying Murphy. So, I, I mean... Huh? 
I don't know. This is what this guy said, but he got a, a 34 likes on that, so people seem to agree with him. Yeah. Um, okay. And then one more here, C underscore Lease on Instagram. I can't believe more people didn't vote for Ali. He was dead to me while he was still on the Mets. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. Although, give Ali credit. He pitched a hell of a game in both Game 7 of the 06 NLCS and the last game at Shea. Two really good outings. I just think on the way he was on the way out where he refused to go to the minors and he said, basically, I'd rather sit in the bullpen and not pitch than go to the minors. He was like fucking the team over. So once that happens, you're kind of you're dead to me. I so think that's that, fair. I that's, think that's why fair. I picked Ollie. Um, so last week we debuted a little segment called What's the Beef? And it basically anything that bothered you throughout the week. And I don't really have anything that bothered me throughout the week except for the Mets blowing four games. But Brian's got something here. Well, this is I just thought this was silly that Jose Reyes dropped a pop up and everybody was blaming Travis Darno. Okay, I I mean Was I, everyone blaming Travis or were they saying that he should have got out of the way? Because we talked about this before. Yes, a hundred and fifty thousand percent Reyes should have caught that ball. Yes. But what the fuck was Darno doing just standing He was trying there? to get to the ball because Reyes was shifted. He was calling it, Reyes was calling it, and Darno was like a statue. It's like a, a pick move. He was just standing there. So Dude. it wasn't his fault, but in your peripheral, when you're running towards the ball was caught in the wind or whatever, Reyes is trying to circle it down. He finally gets under it, and then he sees the, Darno and, and he drops and it. And the ball's in the pocket of his glove. Yeah, he should have caught it. And he's a major league baseball he player. He should have caught it. I agree former, with you. And he's a former all star. I'm not blaming Darno. Right. Not at all. But and your beef was what? My beef was how can you blame Darno? Because there, bl- were, there were people blaming Darno. Well, they're idiots. They weren't. Uh, yeah, anyone who's blaming Darno for him dropping it is wrong. And that's the beef. Reyes should have caught it. But our buddy, I don't know if he's your buddy, but he's my yeah, buddy. Yeah, I like him. Um, posted this photo. Uh, Mark, Mark's, Mark's good too good in, at, at too good in T-O-O, good in 16, posted a screenshot. I added the red line here if you're watching this live. Um, let me zoom in a little bit. He is like three feet foul right, but it trying to catch this but, ball. But it doesn't matter where he is. Right. So it doesn't matter where he is. It's ma- it matters where the ball would land. So let me zoom in here a little bit. The little white track, like, you know, the, the, the trail of the, it's the, the movement of the ball. So when the photo was taken, you could see the movement of the ball. I followed that down with a red line and put an X in the, in the dirt. That ball, if he didn't touch it, would have been like three feet foul. So I think that you can't maybe challenge. Can you not challenge a fair foul when it hasn't passed first or third? We were base? talking about that. I don't think so. I don't know what the I rule mean, is. You said that to me, so I, I really don't know. But look at Darno, <laughs> just staring at him. He should have caught the ball. Yes, hundred and ten percent. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It would have landed foul anyway, and then we lost the game. It, so. it, it wasn't. It wasn't a great look that it hit the pocket of his glove and. It, he didn't catch it. So that's all I'm saying, man. Like, I think you we can't can all, blame Darno too much I'm not for blaming standing Darno. there. I mean, we could all agree, Reyes himself, that he needs to step it up. And um, I think he will. Hopefully he does tonight. So The beef we, is catch a pop-up. We have about eight minutes now until uh, SMY takes over. But we did get a voicemail. We're, not, we're trying not to rush through this, but we did get a voicemail that I thought was pretty interesting. And I want to get to that at least before we move on. Hey guys, this is Stephen from Glen Rouge, New Jersey. Uh, I'm currently relocated to Nashville for school, so I love the show. It's a nice little slice of home. Uh, my question for you guys is, at the ballpark, have you ever experienced or seen any acts of kindness, either by you know a fan or someone working at the ballpark or even the, one of the athletes? Thanks, guys. God bless. I do. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a good one. Uh, yeah, um, I think it was about 2004, 2005, I went to Shea Stadium, and if you remember down the first and third baseline, I don't know if there was another ticket booth right behind home plate as well, but down first and third base, there were ticket booths to, to purchase game day tickets, and I'm waiting online, and back then they weren't really cracking down on scalpers. Yeah. So there's a bunch of scalpers standing there, like basically like a foot away from you when you're at the window to buy your ticket. And uh, randomly this guy walks up and he's like, hey, you need tickets? I'm like, no, 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 like, you know, I'm good. And he's like, no, they're free. I have two free tickets. They're on the field level. He's like, I have an elderly mom. She's in the car. Um, she needs help. She needs assistance getting into the building. I didn't want these tickets to go to waste, so they're yours and they're free. And I was like, holy shit, like, are you serious? Um, so that was definitely my first ever random act of kindness that I witnessed at a, at a ball game. But the, the cool part about it, too, is like, well, what do I owe you? He's like, just get me a hot dog inside or something like that. So cool. we sat field level. The Mets won. It was a day game in the summer. And uh, it cost me like $4 back then. What, however, however much a hot dog cost was, back what, then. Was it a Cannes hot dog? 
I have no idea. Probably. That's what they had back then. Yeah, it was like Cons, RC Cola, all that good stuff back in the day. But I don't know if you have one, but... My dad's done something like that before where we had like an extra pair of tickets and he gave them to somebody. Just like found a nice like mom and a kid and gave them away. So I thought that's always cool. And then I always like, obviously, we talked about Hample last week and stuff. I like when people give balls to other people, you know, give it to a kid or without being told, give it to the kid, bro. You know, I like (laughs) I like the... You know, just give it to hand it to a kid, make his day, or hand him a T-shirt. The T-shirts, you know, are great now because they're seven-line design. But, like, it's still, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a T-shirt. So, like, you know, give it to a kid because he'll wear it forever and, yeah. and he'll have a story forever. So I like that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So a little bit of housekeeping before we move on. If we have any time, if you want to check out some Facebook Yeah, if you guys comments. have some, some questions for us. Uh, thank you for a lot of you guys have uh, – have given us a lot of love about the uh, Taz interview, and we appreciate it, including people that I know for a fact are not Seven Line fans or Mets fans. So that's awesome. Thank you, guys, if you just tuned in to hear some wrestling talk. It was fun for us and fun for me, so uh, so it was awesome. Um, so yeah. tomorrow, yeah. if you want to fire away, if you're watching this live, shoot, that, some questions shoot some questions while Darren does while this. While I do my little promo here. So tomorrow at 10 a.m., we have some hats coming out. I'm wearing one right now. The Seven Line Army New Era Caps. We have a fitted version, our first ever cap with the MLB batter on the back. It's all blue, royal blue hat. And the one I'm wearing right now is a heather gray with a blue brim. That's the original. That's not the original fit. That's the, the regular 950 cap. The white mesh one is the 950 original fit. So we have limited supply of all those, and they go up tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. If you're listening to this afterwards, they may be sold out. They might not be. So check out thesubline.com. And also... The three-quarter sleeve shirt, the Seven Line Army. It's orange sleeves with blue stars going down the sides. Uh, it's a it's a it's a hat tip to one of my favorite movies, Rad. Back in the day, Crew Jones had stars down the sleeves, and uh, also Hutch Bikes back then had stars on a lot of their stuff. So it kind of resembles that, and uh, as a little hat tip to my 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 past. So definitely try to pick that up if you're interested. TheSevenLine.com tomorrow at 10 a.m. So if we got any. Q&A questions. We have about four minutes to burn before we turn this thing over to SNY. Yeah. Okay. So uh, John Bartolomeo says, should TJ Rivera be an everyday player? Um, no. Not right now. Well, he's definitely not right now. Yeah. Um, if we need him to, one day. Maybe one day. Mike Vogel wants to know, how many stays for Jerry's Familia this year? How many stays does Jerry's end up with? 160. Okay. That's, <laughs> no, that, I don't know. Who knows? What do you have last year? Fifty something. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty eight. Okay. I was gonna go a little higher, maybe forty two, but okay. So thirty eight for Brian, forty two for Darren. Uh, Josh Page. Um, should we look for outside options at third base? Guys uh, have who have popped up have been Josh Donaldson is a free agent after next year. That would probably take a, a still a big haul no matter what. Uh, who else? Mike Moustakis is probably going to be an option, and should we explore those? What do you think? Well, I'm not a big Mike Moustakis fan, and I can't imagine Noah Syndergaard is either. Um, I, even though he can pick it down at third base, um, I mean, listen, if you can get Josh Donaldson, I mean, sign me up for that. I don't know what the heck it would cost, but, I mean, anything short of a Med Rosario, I think you'd have to explore. Uh Listen, I mean, I don't know if you could sign him, but the window is open right now. So if you could put Josh Donaldson at third base, I mean, I I think you have to look into it. I I don't know how realistic that is. I know there was some speculation that the Blue Jays could listen to offers on him if, you know, they can't agree to extension, which I don't imagine they will because he's set up to get paid. So I don't know. I mean, listen, if you could do it, but I don't know what it would take. So we'll see. All right, guys. So just about a couple minutes before we uh, turn this thing over to SNY. Thanks again to Taz for hopping on with us. That was a really fun conversation. Obviously, everyone knows I'm not big on wrestling, or, or I don't know much about it. I'm not, I, did I you learn back. something? I did. I yeah. learned that Taz is awesome. He's a fun guy. He's a good guy. And um, it was a good good convo, and we thank him for coming on. Um, besides that, Syndergaard, about to dominate the Phillies. That's it. Out at City Field. If you're watching us from the stands at City Field, thank you. Thanks. If you're listening afterwards on iTunes and SoundCloud, thanks for hopping on with us. And check us out. Maybe if you want to check out the live show, we're a very visual show, Thursday nights live, facebook.com slash the seven line at 6 p.m. We try to be as prompt as possible so we can get on the – actually, next week, is it a day game? Uh, yeah, next week we are on after uh, after the Mets play. All right, cool. So. so it's a 1 o'clock start next Thursday, so maybe we'll go a little bit later. We won't be as structured next week. We can drink uh, a couple extra beers and ha- hang out with you guys, hopefully after a win. So um, besides that, Saturday. Yep. 
tailgating. Our game starts at 4 o'clock. Well, not our game. The Mets game starts at 4 o'clock against the Nationals. It's our first outing of the year against the Nats. It's also our first Saturday outing of the year. So uh, we're going to get there around noon. Game starts at 4. If you're going to try to head in early for the Harvey Garden Gnome, you may want to even go in earlier than that. I know that they're limited to, I think, first 15,000 people that show up. Also, if Gates you're, open at 2.05. To yeah, two hours early. People are Saturday. asking that. Uh, two hours earlier than first pitch, typically. Oh, and also, Saturday is sold out, so um, oh, please wow. get there early. Uh, the Mets are expecting capacity crowds, so get there early if you can. And if anybody wants to come to my house and help me install my kitchen cabinets, that'd be great. <laughs> and uh, before we let you go, one more thing. There are some spots left on the Rally Bus to D.C. on the 29th. Go to rallybus.com. Just search the Seven Line Army and pick up tickets. I think they're 60 bucks from City Field, and there also is a location pickup from New Brunswick, New Jersey. So, two options now. You can meet us down there. We have four buses booked already. It's going to be a great time. I know you can't make it, unfortunately, but we'll wave to you on the, on the broadcast. And not to rub it in, but maybe next year you'll start joining us a little bit more on the road. And uh, besides that, thank you guys. We'll join you next Thursday night. And uh, let's go, Mets. Let's get some more crowns. Later, jobbers. <laughs>